Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into Mogul Talk, a podcast that serves as a canvas for entrepreneurs to share their triumphs and struggles on their journey to becoming the moguls of tomorrow. Hello, hello, hello. What's popping? What's shaking? Welcome to yet another episode of Mogul Talk. What it do? What it do? Woody whoop. Woofy. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Bobby Schmurter coming out of jail. Uh, he might be out of jail right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really want to be at the first place where they ever perform computers, him and Roddy Rebel. Probably going to need a body armor and Tuli also, but that would be the most New York lit spot to be at in the moment. Because if you ever want to get a party hype, you put on computers in New York, I should say. Because that is one of the hardest songs ever created. Yes, and Bobby Shmurda, you know, and Bobby Shmurda no, kind of started in all honesty, his though. whole Brooklyn drill movement. You know, unfortunately, he went to jail and he would be the king of it. I mean, of course, he took the drill from Chicago as well. But he started up for New York. And I would say, you know, everybody was saying, like, oh, New York is dead. New York is dead. Um, because you have Atlanta who always works together and shit. But he, he brought New York back, I think. And unfortunately, he went to jail. And but now we got the New York scene, and then we unfortunately got Pop Smoke. Fortunately, we got Pop Smoke, who was gonna fucking lead it, and probably was waiting for Bobby Shmurda to come because they would have went crazy and sad to see that Bobby Shmurda got killed. He just made a year anniversary. Um, it's so sad, so sad to have such young talent, you know, be killed for no good reason. Um, and that was that's what also is detrimental to New York. You know, it had, it's happened before, even with Biggie, um, and Big L. Uh, we just want we just kill our rappers, but shout out to Bobby Shmurda, shout out to New York City, we we coming back, you know we coming back. Uh, fuck Cuomo for you know I'm a Cuomo fan, but you know he has that whole scandal going on when it comes to the 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 death count with nursing homes. I don't even know why you would decide to lie about that. You know their their side is saying that oh the deaths were always counted, but there was hospital deaths and nursing deaths. I don't know with the truth to be honest, and it's all politics. But it's sad to see that, like, you know, you get put on that high pedestal and everybody loves you. And then they knock you down like crazy uh, when it comes to one thing. But people are going to forget about that ish. Um, that's all, all it is with politics. Like, something happens, they want to, you know, get your skin, get under your skin. Um, and then people are going to look at you bad. But how are you, Julian? Sorry for, you know, having that vomit of, of word, of prose. Welcome to Mogul Talk. You got that crazy, like I said, Kevin gives the craziest introductions. I wasn't even an introduction. That was literally Kevin's opening monologue for SNL that he's going to do in the next 10 years. Right? <laughs> um, <talking> about... <laughs> that week, that week, that ad, that's what it kind of was. No, but th- that is a perfect introduction. Like always, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you're back for another episode of Mogul Talk. We're here at episode 403. You know, we're in it. We're, we're fully in the season. I'm happy to be here. If, for those of you guys who don't know me, this is your first episode. You're listening. I am your boy, King Jules, and I'm here with my guy, my A1, day one. Been together since somebody stole his iPhone in the boys' locker room in high school. Okay? Tragic times. Loyalty. Tragic times. Nah, OD loyalty. <laughs> I remember, still remember to this day, me being like, yo, Julian, can I use your Envy? This is back when he had the Envy. Can I use it yeah. to call my mom? And you're like, yeah, of course. And then sad to see, sad to I, see. I was like, you, yeah, um, Kevin was like. Luckily, I was a. No, I was going to say you were the first person that I knew with the iPhone back then. So I was like, damn, when your phone got stolen, that just hurt. And yeah, I was, you know, lucky 
that I guess I was kind of spoiled because I did get a new iPhone like the week after. Um, but it was sad for like that one week without an iPhone because I was flexing hard. Um, you know, you know how it feels back in the day, 2009 with an iPhone. It wasn't even 2009, it was 2008. And um, I had the same, yeah. I had the same like situation in sixth grade back when the Razer phone was popping. And I was the first one with the Razer. And people were like, damn, yo, you got the Razer? I'm like, hell yeah. I never had a sidekick though. Um, never was on, was on them, which I, I was kind of jealous of people who had sidekick because that was the wave at a time. Like that was the OD wave. And then came nah, it uh, really was. BBM. Yeah, then BBM, BBM. but you were ahead of the curve when the the iPhone, because when iPhones, I mean, not to say the iPhones weren't already popping, because like I, that was the iPhone 3G generation, but then everybody got the iPhone 4, you were already ahead of the curve, you know what I'm saying, but... That was um, back yeah, when so it didn't even have iMessage. No, it was, it was only green bubbles. <laughs> but look at where we are now, episode 4 or 3 of our podcast, Mogul Talk, and you know... I love these episodes when it's just us because we do our normal conversation. Like this is our check-in and just talking about the stuff that's going on in the world and just in life in general. So without further ado, let's get into it. You know, today's topic, we're discussing what now we are. By the time you listen to this episode, we're almost the end of February. Black History Month is almost over. January was is over. And it feels like in a, a weird different way we're in 2020 part two right there were crazy things that happened in january then biden transitioned and then we got the texas thing and the new covid uh regulations and people going outside and the vaccination and things are crazy and it feels like we're just getting that sense of normalcy so what now what do we do now how do we continue to live lives and create that sense of normalcy now now for sure like Definitely the vaccine is going to help, um, you know, and I'm not one who's that skeptical of the vaccine, but I'm not like the first in line either. I actually work. My job has given me the opportunity to take the vaccine, but as of right now, I'm like, just like, I don't think it's necessary. One, because I lived through the Elmhurst, New York uh, epicenter at one point, and I somehow didn't get the virus or I've never tested positive for the virus. Then I moved over to LA and this was another epicenter as well. Um, and I even had a COVID scare in my job. Um, and luckily I still didn't get it. Or I, I tested negative. So maybe I did get it at some point, but I've been lucky. So, you know, I don't think I'm not in a rush to receive it because I do want the people who believe they need it more to get it first. Because I don't live with my parents. Luckily, I don't live with any grandparents. You know, it's just me and my roommate. And so I don't think it's as necessary for me. But that is how we are going to get into a sense of normalcy. Another way is, of course, like in New York, I know they're working on or doing like rapid same day testing in terms of you doing that and then being able to go to an event. Um, I think that is smart. You know, like if you want to go to a movie theater, if everybody takes a test 30 minutes before, why can't you like have it in there? I don't think it's a hundred percent foolproof plan, but it's a way to get there. There has to be, there's a limit until we can actually, you know, continue to be inside and uh, not try and get out there. And so, you know, COVID fatigue is a real thing, and we are uh, all feeling it. And I'm feeling it myself. But I think it's still going to take some time because even Dr. Fauci recently said that he expects people to be wearing masks until 2022 or until the government says, like, okay, it's okay to take masks. I don't know for sure if mm -hmm. we're going to be wearing masks, uh, like, forever. But 
in terms of like um like culturally you know how it is in like japan and like south korea and like china you know they culturally they always have been wearing masks in in america whenever you would see like people from those countries wearing a mask uh we'd be like what do they know that we don't know why are they rocking the mask and it turns out they were right the whole time but when the government itself says okay now it's okay you don't masks there is no more mask mandate um I believe that's not going to happen until 2022 as well, probably second half. Um, and that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm okay with masks. You know, I know some people aren't, uh, and that's, I don't want that to be a political thing as well. You know, um, now we have like, oh, wearing two masks is uh, even better at protecting New yourself. Thing, yeah. And, and now like people will be like, what? They wanted those wearing, now they want us to wear two masks? No, I'm wearing one, which I think is a good thing because then now the argument isn't no mask or one mask. Now it's like two masks, one mask. So all the Republicans are at least they're wearing one mask, Matt, one mask. So that's I think is a plus on my. But I haven't been rocking two masks. Um, and so you know the 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 things change at all times. There's no way we could pr truly predict what will happen because new information comes all the time, and with that new information, a new future can can be created. We did not expect you know this thing to happen in. Um, in Texas, uh, there ha it has happened before. You know, uh, one thing that I don't like is that people are saying like, oh, there's no precedent for this. Um, who would have thought that Texas would freeze freeze over? But in 2011, Texas did freeze over. They had record low temperatures and it froze all of the electricity wires and shit and they didn't do anything then. And so to think, I forgot what my point was, but you don't know, yeah, like 2020, at 2021 it's gonna it, the the savagery and the not savagery how should i put this like shit isn't gonna stop like stuff is still gonna go down we still have a, a global yeah. warming um pandemic that was before the whole corona pandemic you know like that's extreme weather is a cause of like climate change and that's what texas is learning right now um and then we could uh also talk about like the double standard between like Republican states and like democratic states when it comes to like personal responsibility, um, uh, for specifically like Ted Cruz, like, you know, he, when hurricane Sandy happened in New York and New Jersey, they voted against giving any federal aid to New York, New Jersey and Connecticut when they were decimated by hurricane Sandy. And now they want federal funding, um, and need it desperately. And I don't want to not give them federal funding because the people are, are, are getting fucked up. They're getting fucked over. I want them to be helped. But then where's that same energy when you're getting, when you need help? And um, that's just fucked up also. And that, when it comes to danger, I don't know why it becomes a political issue. Like we should all just be willing to help the people. Like there was the mayor of a town in Texas who decided, who said, oh, this is, the people in my state, they are strong and they can warm themselves up. They will figure it out. Um, like I don't need to help them in any other way. And he got received a lot of backlash and had to end up resigning. Um, but what kind of world, like, do you live in where you feel like you d can decide how your whole city feels like you a hundred percent know that all of your people don't want any help. That's, that's, that's foolish. And that's selfish. Yeah. And it sucks that we live in a country like that, that puts like political prowess or a political angle over the needs of the people because we are struggling they're they're no, all cooped up and they're gucci. we, we are ted cruz could fly to cancun and be gucci We're, the people on the ground the people who with the low income the people who have to you know unfortunately live uh, sleep in their car because it's too cold 
and then you know they get knocked out from carbon monoxide poisoning like they're the ones who are going through that the, the politicians are chilling and it's just sad you know it's just sad i, I think you know realistically speaking 2020 exposed or let's say that boom the system has been broken and in many ways 2020 heightened that exposure of how broken the system was it exposed how broken the system was from a racial injustice standpoint from a policing standpoint from a government aid standpoint and support um it exposed how as a country our mindset is so predicated on uh, having things in this fast-paced way of life it exposed a lot of things for us but in a wake of that there hasn't been mass level change and of course we, mm-hmm. we continue to talk about the fight for racial injustice and you know uh fight against police brutality and uh the really the fight for equality that's a regular conversation right and to the point so much that it's in every conversation and everything you do in today's society, right? You look at Black History Month, you can't go in a store, a Target, or a Walmart, or some type of clothing brand store without there being some representation for Black History Month and facing people of color. Um, brands are highlighting their identity and showing their support of the, the BIPOC general, the generalization and at the same time, that's the fix, right? That's the mull over that we get. We get little minor representations and certain type of things. And I look at the system. We talk about, you know, what now and how does the world transition? How do we transition in America? And looking at the fact that the system when it comes to COVID is terrible here. And you really think about it. Um, I was at the corner store. I saw my ock, you know, my guy. I was like, yo, where you been? He was like, I've been back home in Yemen. And I was like, Yemen, damn, they've been you've been able to travel back and forth internationally. And he was like, Jeez. yeah, Yemen has no cases. He's like, there's no mask. There hasn't been any recent coronavirus cases in the country, and you've been able to travel freely. Um, he's like, so I stayed there for a very long time because it had a sense of normalcy. And I think of uh, Yemen. I think of a New Zealand. I think of uh, places in China where they've fully eradicated coronavirus. And now in America, our solution is the vaccination. And great, I get it. You know, more people get vaccinated. It will slow the spread. Um, it will give a lot more people the opportunity to live longer, especially our older population who really got hit hard by um, coronavirus. And also thinking about our healthcare workers that are supporting them um, and supporting the world in the fight. But that was all. That's it just vaccination that's the only plan that we have we're going to get through this with vaccination uh you look at testing and i I said that this i learned how flawed the system was allison and i we recently took a trip to new orleans and uh going to new orleans you go to the state the regulations are different everywhere right but federally mandated we can wear a mask but if i fly to new orleans i don't have to check in and tell them where i'm coming from or do any specific covid guidelines right but the minute i fly back into new york i'm being greeted by the national guard in full uniform handing out forms wow. me where did you come from fill up your information we'll keep track we'll get reach out to you and i realized how flawed it was because i got called 
the same the next day from coming back into New York saying that I got to quarantine and do all these things. Allison, who traveled with me, she lives in the same place as me, did not get any phone calls. She did not get any follow up, no emails, no information, none of that when pertaining mm. to her coming back into New York. And we did the same exact thing the same exact day, sat next to each other on the airport, handed our information to the same um, compliance agent at the gate. And I realized, why aren't we doing the same procedure for everyone? Right. And then I think about when it came to the testing. Right. So you go and you, you get monitored and they're telling, asking you where you come from. You do your quarantine. You go to do your testing. You, you go to do your testing and one rapid tests are rapid, but they don't tell you, hey, you got to wait in line for 100 people at your local city MD to get that test. Right. <laughs> It's rapid. So you would think, oh, yeah, I can just go inside and get a test. No, I had to wait for 53 people to get a, a text message notification to tell me, hey, Julian, you can come and take your test and then wait another hour for, to be seen by somebody to take my test and to be administered to me. And then from there, I got my rapid test notification and my results was negative. And then I was like, OK, so how do I find out where I, can I go outside or do the things that I need to do? Like, who do I call to tell them I'm OK? Well, we tell the information to the Department of Health. Well, how long does it take you guys to tell the information to the Department of Health? And how long does it take for them to process, hey, you just got a negative test so you can exit quarantine? There was no calling and saying, hey, you know, uh, I'm good. I'm negative. Can I exit my quarantine? I didn't hear anything from anybody telling me should you should exit your quarantine. You tested negative. Um, they refer to you to the doctor's office and say, oh, well, call the doctor's office and see what they say. Well, then how does that help me with the National Guard and the New York uh, COVID tracing center calling my phone all day, every day? There's points where the system is flawed. And then you think of the system of how they're distributing the vaccination and where the issues lie with that. Right. Certain people in certain areas are not getting priority for vaccination. I would think that areas that were hit harder with a larger population of older people should get the vaccination first. Right. Or think about you talked about Cuomo thinking about the nursing homes and the people who did not have to die unnecessarily in the nursing homes. And it all starts with the system. And we thought that Donald Trump, it, it was just Donald Trump and his management of the situation and how he handled things or whatever, but it's the system because if there was a better system set up in place, we could have did things differently and we can do things differently. And I, I, I look at where we are in New York and Cuomo's talking about, yeah, we can start to, have heightened more capacity in, in uh, venues and this indoor dining and you can go to sports games, you can go bowling, you can go this and that. And I, I imagine that in a few months, it's like COVID is just going to be to the back burner. It's just going to be an everyday run of the mill thing. Like people were casually talking about H1N1 and Ebola a few years ago. Like it's not going to be as serious as people took it last year because they're going to be in such a rush to get back to their normal everyday lives. Absolutely. And um, now nah, it was flawed from the beginning, because if we go back like to last year, February, because it's about a year since a little more than a year since we had the first COVID case, I think it's about a year since I started working from home, which is wild. And they uh, in the beginning, like when we needed all the supplies, you know, the Q-tips, the, the reagents that are and the chemicals needed to test COVID, the Fed, the government, you know, they were making it that the states had to buy all of the 
um, they would have to call the vendors and buy their supply for their specific state instead of having the federal government purchase all of it, just having one call, and then they'll distribute it evenly or by need to each individual state. That would then cause 50 different governors calling or whoever, 50 different administrators, and then it'll start a bidding war between people because like, oh, because there's not enough supply. So like, okay, I'll give you this amount of money for all these, all these chemicals. Or I'll give you this amount of money. And that just caused, you know, mayhem. Um, that's mm -hmm. definitely how it started. And that caused testing to be scarce for a while until it eventually got built up. Um, and then, of course, with the Donald Trump administration, them saying not believe, not even believing in the virus, you know, they're saying that the, the, the masks aren't as necessary, you know, Trump going against Fauci, you know, his own uh, center of disease and control expert uh, saying, no, he's wrong, you know, um, you know, and you could be skeptical of, of people. I can understand that, you know, you should always have more information but it was totally detrimental to the country you know i feel i always say this trump should have uh rocked the mega mask he should have sold mm. the mega mask had all his people rock it and they would have listened they would have listened and it wouldn't have become a political thing you know um and he probably would have they would have sold like hotcakes um i would have been tight seeing people wear it but fuck it like you're wearing masks like that and that's how the country might we would more than likely have less deaths um and also the transition between the Trump and Biden administration, Trump didn't share any information. You know, they he for a while because you know he still believed that he he didn't lose the election, um, and for a while they didn't want to you do any transition, and so that also caused Biden's team to you know slack in terms of how they were going to prepare uh, for you know continuing the vaccines. And so it is mm -hmm. government, especially the American government. Is um and you know that's what happens when you live in like a democratic society. You know we don't live in a dictatorship where you, you say one thing, one person says one thing, and then it'll it can happen. You know right away. Unfortunately, we have like the house and we have the senate, and then they have to argue about it. And then we got a bill. You know the 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 president. Does and it takes have, three months for us to get uh, uh coronavirus uh, funding in support. You know, that is the most disgusting thing ever. You know because they're getting paid. You know for by our dollars and. Just spending, just waiting, just waiting for for time to pass. Um, you know, it's really, really disgusting how we they say they are for the people, they are fighting for the constituents, but it's just not true. They're just fighting for you know corporate America. You know, they want to make sure the bills that they pass has enough uh, corporate welfare for the big companies. You know, and not for the people. Um, mm -hmm. And it's it's completely disgusting. And that I guess you know we live in America. It is a it is a company. America is a company, but. Your company is not going to work without the employees, the people. The people are the company. You know, if you're if they're good, your the uh, economy is going to be good. You know, if we aren't purchasing things, the economy is not going to go up. Um, and so, luckily, you know, things are happening. We have gotten a stimulus, but even right now with Biden, like we're still slacking on the uh, the next Corona bill. You know, they were when they were uh, campaigning in Georgia, you know, to try and take the House or the Senate. Mm -hmm. That's what Biden was saying. He was like. Hey, you got to vote for us because then you will get your $2,000 checks, you know, because Trump did say, which, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I commend him for that because it's true. We, he's like, oh, people needed $2,000. And he was like, and, you know, it didn't work out. They tried to put the bill in. Didn't work out. That's what's the platform. Trump kind of gave that to the Democrats. Like, yo, now you can yeah, he use really this. Did. And um, that was a campaign push. And it was still slim. Like, we, the Democrats might have not taken the House. And so you use that to get the votes you got what you wanted and now you still haven't given us the plan 
And um, it's kind of, it sucks. He should have done it one week one, week two. And I do believe it'll happen because states also need funding. You know, if not, many states will go bankrupt once they got to do their budget yeah. for the following year. And so I do believe it'll happen, but it's just slacking. Like uh, any economist and will tell you that. And people are really like, they're struggling. Like you really look at it, people are struggling. There are still people who who lost their jobs in March who are still struggling to find work. The job market right now, yes, there's more people back to work, but it is mm -hmm. more competitive than ever. And you imagine there's the people who graduate, who lost their jobs in March or May, right? In March, my, my bad, March 2020, they lost their jobs. Now you're competing not only with everybody else in the world for positions, right? But now you're creating, uh, competing with the new generation of people entering the workforce, right? So the recent college graduates from June, right? And then you look at the December college graduates, and then you look at the high school graduates, and now the workforce is becoming much bigger because people are getting older. And then coronavirus, people are willing to work jobs they would never thought before that executive that marketing executive is willing to go and work at walmart because that can check is more consistent than getting an unemployment check where you're not getting an additional stimulus you know uh, funding on top to give you that extra six hundred dollars like you were before because they were really let's really talk about it unemployment checks were based on your 2019 tax returns right but mm -hmm. there's no update for your 2020 tax returns, right? So imagine you've gone through all of 2020 and you're based off of money that you used to make in 2019. So had you made more money in 2020 and then you lost your job, you're not getting that money or that way of life that you were used to. And I look at even the tax situation, man, it's ridiculously crazy. Looking at all these people who filed for unemployment, lost their jobs, and now they have to pay back major yep. amounts of taxes on those unemployment i myself i'm like bro i didn't ask to be furloughed for my job i didn't ask to for this to happen and now i'm paying more taxes for losing my job if i would have had to if i kept my job does that make any mm -hmm. sense that we live in a country where that's an issue and i i'm luckily enough that i've been able to go back to work and you know being able to sustain myself but thinking of my friends and my family who've yet to go back to work and they're still on, an, on a, unemployment and those checks are not nowhere near where they need it and they're still being taxed so heavily and you know screw trump for this the tax situation that he created um during his time in office because it's really made things really bad for regular Joe Schmoes and you, you, you throw what a twelve one twelve hundred dollar check out there and a six hundred dollar check out there and you think that people are gonna be okay. And people and I looked at some elected officials, they were talking and they had the nerve to say that uh the most Americans fourteen hundred dollars would get them through the next month of uh next six months of finances. I'm like, one fourteen hundred dollar check where? In Uganda, like it's not working in here. It's not working in America. And it's messed up because how much money are you living on? I bet you it's more than that. And so, mm -hmm. like, what are you talking about? Um, nah, it's completely disgusting. And on top of the tax situation, like, I imagine you're paying that much, and then imagine someone who has to do it for the whole year. They're gonna have to be paying astronomical amounts. My roommate being one of them, you know, he still hasn't done his taxes, but when he does them, he always is mentioning it to me. He's like, I'm gonna have to pay, um, you know, and mm -hmm. for the future, I feel like people should try and, I don't know if the unemployment gives you this option, you know, get the taxes taken out first instead of having to pay them later and getting more money in the beginning. 
that's, you know, if that's possible, definitely I would uh, tell people like go that route because even if you have to pay later, it'll be much less than you have to not because some people aren't going to have that money. I, as a matter of fact, you know, no, and true. it doesn't even stop with there. Like going back to the Texas thing, uh, some people there since the Texas electrical company, it doesn't pass state lines. And so it's only in Texas and they aren't bound by the federal mandates that other electrical companies have to go by. So they aren't regulated by the government allowing that company to then charge however much surge pricing um, they want to their, to their people. And so during this whole winter thing, the surge pricing was crazy and people had bills of like $12,000, like $16,000. And then if you have auto pay on and you just get this transaction, you're going to be like, what in the actual fuck? And I don't know what's going to come out, come out from that. Like, are they going to, yeah. is the government going to step in and be like, yo, you got to refund that money. Cause it's completely and utterly disgusting. The heat wasn't even working and you want to now surge, surge prices. Like it's completely disgusting. And those are the type of companies that will get away with shit like that. You know, even when the wall street fucked up the whole housing market in 2008, they got bailed out. And then in return gave, uh, the CEO's bonuses with the excess money that they got from those bailouts. And mm -hmm. that's, what's going to also happen. That's what probably is going to happen with the corporate welfare that happened this year in the first stimulus um, package. They're going to just in reverse, give those, instead of hiring the same people they had, because that's what the stimulus money should be. That's what should be a regulation. Like, okay, we're going to give you this money, but you have to hire back every single person that you laid off. If not, then you don't get any of it because we don't want you to then in return, give yourself a bonus um so it's completely disgusting um coming yeah. back you know and yeah that's just it's just this world this country it the system was built this way unfortunately so like when you say like the system is broken i actually think it's working because this is how it was built for it to work this way From it was built beginning. so yeah so like people of color will be struggling. it was built so there are health deserts and then on top of that on top of that you know people of color are already skeptical of vaccines and then there's health deserts there so that's like times two of when it comes to like trying to get access to it. And so luckily, like in New York specifically, they, you know, they are doing a good job and it's still scarce, you know, one because of skepticism and because of the, the health deserts. But if you go any, like other places in the country, they are not worried about, you know, like the disenfranchised communities, the black and brown communities, you know, like they aren't, they have not yeah. created a plan to try and reach out to those communities, you know? And so, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It, when, always when something happens, it's always going to be the black and brown people who get the brunt or the minorities, you know? Always. And, um, and it sucks because they need us for herd immunity, you know? If you count the Latino population and the black population, um, it's about, like, I know black is, like, 13%. Latino is, what, like, 20%. So let's just say 32%. And for her, uh, herd immunity, you need 70 to 90%. So they need us. And they... Mm -hmm. Um, in order to try and build that herd immunity. And, you know, there are, like, marketing things saying, like, okay, like, the, the vaccine is safe, like, we want you to take it. But where was that sense of urgency when other shit was going down? Where was that sense of urgency yeah. when there was, like, supermarket deserts? Um, now that you need us, you want us to take the vaccine. Um, and so it's just, it's just like a slap in the face. Like, that's another reason to be skeptical. Like, oh, now that you need us, you wanted to do where was this sense of urgency before when you know the education wasn't the same when the same amount of funding wasn't given to these parts when you know yep. all that shit and so that that no, is um you're it's, it's right, discouraging bro. it's discouraging is that the right word discouraging no. it's discouraging 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 <laughs>
<laughs> Discouraging. You knew you it. You could tell I went to college. You could tell I went to college. Nah, you, you were there. No, but it's it's true, and I think. <laughs> The biggest thing is is trust, right? There's no level of trust there, and not you know. Of course, the people in the black and brown communities, we don't trust the government because the government uh, has always been against us. And you you remember when coronavirus first happened, right? Um, it was only seemed like it was only black people who were dying, or they were saying that um, black in the people beginning, were immune. It, they said black people very, were immune. In the very very beginning, and then. Um, but then now, transition, black and brown people, like blacks, are the highest two, number. Two times, two times deaths, and then brown people, like Latinos, one and a half times more than whites. So, it's it's fucked up, like like how that ended up happening. No, and it, it's a crazy transition, you know, to see. But I think we we don't have that trust, and it's all because you, you made a great point. The system, it's not that it's the system is broken. The system was built like this from day one, right? From uh george washington to the slave yep. stolen teeth the um, to the transplaces the trans trans uh transportation of the slaves the forefathers uh you look at the systematic racism that takes place and then also just look at the system of itself like look at a system where a president who has committed multiple crimes on a global level is acquitted for his uh, impeachment twice. Where do you see that? You know what I mean? And there's no accountability. And then in return, because the Republicans voted, first of all, it's, the vote ended up being like 57, like 40 something. The people's, more people still voted to impeach him, but unfortunately you need 67 votes. I don't know what kind of shit that is because you need two thirds votes or 63%, whatever it is. That's bullshit. Um, two, then you have Mitch McConnell who comes and after, literally two minutes after voting no for impeaching, then goes and says Trump was responsible for those riots. He was 100% responsible for those riots. Mm -hmm. But his argument is, oh, we can't impeach a non-sitting president, which is bullshit because they had the pretrial hearing, which was to decide whether you can uh, persecute or impeach a, a non-sitting president. And matter of fact, he was impeached when he while he was president. He just the trial well, he was, was after president. he was president, and so that's just complete bullshit. And you know, um, it's people just try to save their political careers. Uh, I don't know. How, I don't know who. I don't know how Mitch McConnell got revoted for in I guess their state. You know, they love him. I don't. I don't know. I don't understand how someone like you know he's called the he called himself the Grim Reaper. He said no Democratic like in the, in the years of Obama. No democratic bill will ever be uh, put through. You know, like that's not democracy to me. You know, you're not even gonna put up no, bills to vote by your party. And it's just crazy that they're allowed to do that. You know, it's crazy that they're allowed to do that. And even to this day, it's we have you know the majority in the in the house or in the senate, but still we weren't able to impeach him. And with seven Republicans saying that they were down to to vote uh, against Trump, but you know he Trump and the, it all has the to do Republican with the party not is the party Trump. that bipartisanship. You know, like. Absolutely. We don't have we you you, point, you pinpointed it. You said that's not democracy because we're not living in a democracy. If you look at how the the tables have fell in the past, I would say fifteen twenty years, we're not living based on democracy. Democracy is a system of how we vote 
and it yes. put our people into place, but how the country is managed is not managed as a democracy. It's managed it's as more... a two a two party a bipartisan uh two party system where if you have a Republican in office and they have their agenda and they get the right amount of people of votes and they supporting cast members and everything, they'll get everything that they want to do. If you have the same thing for the Democrats, they'll get everything that they want done and that's a, a push and pull, right? So you got we got a Democratic president now. Trump was the Republican. Then Obama was a Democrat before. Then we had a Republican. Then a Democrat before. And it's just that like pull and pull where it's like that that balance of like Democrat versus Republican, and we we give you guys something that you want for four years, and then we'll take it away from you. And like it's really not democracy. It's not how democracy is handled. And it, to create to think that we are the the foremost authority on democracy right we go to other countries and other places and push democracy onto them and how they should mm -hmm. run their countries when democracy is falling apart every day living in america simple as that you know you got the republicans always talking about oh we can't be um like a socialist because then we'll have bread bread lines like every every corner motherfucker we got bread lines right now like there's bread lines everywhere because people don't know where the next meal is going to be. Um, pretty much, you know, politics is trash. We, I say that we live in an oligarchy. An oligarchy is we just a bunch of men at the top control controlling everything. Um, the people, I guess, we voted for, they're the ones who truly control the, the, the country. And so mm -hmm. um, pretty much let's get, let's get off of politics. You know, it gets me tight even talking about it. One thing that I do want to praise, you know, is um, my good Gorilla old Blue Girl. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you want to praise Gorilla Google? Her shit was late, and I know she got the bikini wax with the gorilla tape right after that. Okay, because she better that secured that brand partnership. Okay, she got everybody in the world talking about Gorilla Glue. Get that money, sis. I heard you return home. She over here selling t-shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants. Hell yeah. Yo, like a full outfit from her right now is running $150. And, bro, you know people are doing that. They they gave her $20,000 in a GoFundMe to save her, creating this trend of people on TikTok trying the Gorilla Glue thing, trying to see if they can make money <laughs> off of it. Yo, trash. By the way, speaking of TikTok, my boy Tofu Jack got 50k followers on to TikTok. Him. Um, we're doing the Japanese yeah. word of the day and creating creating a song. That's it. He's out of here, bro. He's out of here. No, he is. He's he T and he just he just got 50k. Took like a month, and now he's about to get 100k. He's about to get a milli. That's it. That is yo. I'm so proud of the dude, and um, like it's. I hope you don't forget about us. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I, I I honestly love TikTok. Um, you know, Trump was trying to ban it, the whole situation, I don't care. But TikTok and when it comes to content creation and just uh, a, a social platform, right? The social media, the purpose that we've created and everything behind it. You look at Instagram, you look at all the controlling things that they do, the moderation and shadow banning and everything. And I love what I love about TikTok is it's an organic platform. Anybody can be anything and you post one video and it can go off and get up to the right person just because of just organic nature and the algorithm, how the algorithm works. And I think that all the social platforms, Instagram, uh, Twitter, 
Facebook, if you're take, looking, take notes because this is how platforms should be and this is what people use platforms for, right? And I think it's a perfect example. Like tick, uh, Tofu, he's been killing the game. He's been doing this for years. We've been seeing it for what? It hasn't been almost 10 years now, bro, since he's been on Yeah, it. absolutely. He's been at it. And, and he's, had, he's had other things. Like he used to put a song out a week, video out a week. He's done this type of thing before and then now he's doing a Japanese word of the day a week and it's working for him. It really is. And you never know. It's like, it's just, you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing it right. You just might not be on the right platform. It just might, you might be, you might be on putting it on Facebook, but all your people live on Twitter or you might be putting it on Twitter and all your people live on Instagram, right? You just, you're on the wrong platform. And once you realize that it's going to take off. So definitely kudos to my man, Tofu Jack. I'm proud of you. We, we hear, we support you on the podcast. Much love. You got this, you know, I, nah, I, yeah, I want to so, I'm, I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of the kid. Absolutely. No, and, you know, I just hope you don't forget about us and. Now nah, he won. I know he won't. Luckily, like, you know, he's a Brooklyn dude. You know, I'm going to hold him down to the day I die. I know you are. And nah, it's 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 really impressive. It also, like, it shows that, like, when you think one thing is going to exist forever, you know, YouTube or it, it, and it's still existing, of course, but there's something, something new is always going to happen. You know, before you mm-hmm. had MySpace, you know, before you had blackpeoplemeet.com, like, it's always something new is going to happen. And who yeah, knows? Christian and it's going to be something else next. And Christian Mingo, farmersmeat.com. Um, they fucking. And it helps the forward progression. Like, you think of like where we were last year. And look at all the companies that have emerged, all the businesses that emerged, all the necessities that have emerged out of the coronavirus, right? You look at the mask, right? How many companies did were not mass producing masks that pivoted New into product, creating yeah. masks and hand sanitizers and things tailored towards this experience that we were all living? And I think that's a testament of learning how to pivot, right? Right now, you were yes, so used yes. to doing one specific type of thing and learning how to pivot. I watched this video on um, YouTube. It was with Kenny Beats, and Kenny Beats is talking about, you know, like, how music industry, like, if you're doing music, you know, if you're not doing it for the love or the right reasons, you're always going to be broke because if you're looking to get into money, it's not going to be the place for you. And he, he quoted something I, that stood out to me. He said that if you're ever around somebody who really has money, they always ask you, like, like they say, like, why are you only doing music? There's so much more that you could be doing with your potential. And I think that's a perfect example of, like, jay-z right yes jay-z yes. brooklyn boy he used music as a catalyst to get him in the door right he made a name for himself as an artist to where he started to build brands and i think that's a like if you're an artist today everybody's trying to do something they're trying to do content creation they're trying to um do content creation they're starting businesses they're doing all these gimmicks and things to kind of create this sense of longevity but if you just create a simple product that people are familiar with, the doors will open with you. And Jay-Z gave us consistent product for generations. And now I'm pivoting, right? I'm still making rap albums and I'm doing that because that's shit that I love to do. But I'm over here creating partnerships, right? I got a partnership with the NBA. I got a partnership with Ticketmaster. I started my own company. I got partnerships with Puma. Now I got a joint venture partnership, 50% uh, sale of ace of spades champagne to lvmh and i feel like in the pinnacle pinnacle of today's society anybody with a brand partnership with lvmh 
you are on. Okay, you literally hit Absolutely. the mountaintop. Rihanna, she had that partnership with Fenty, with LVMH, um, Savage Fenty, Fenty Beauty. Um, Especially, it fell through. Whole, like her clothing line, her clothing LVMH. line fell through. But if you look, but she at has her, Fenty Beauty though. Don't get it twisted. One, one billion dollars in revenue. They said that that that's their biggest, one of their biggest sellers right now is a Savage off of one billion dollars of revenue. And, and now, so much to the point where they're about to open brick-and-mortar stores for Savage X because of that joint venture. I need that uh, Fenty Savage men's underwear because um, it's been sold out for a minute, and I'm just trying to, you know, take these thirst traps. Nah, but shout-out to Jay-Z. You know, who would have thought that the guy who was selling, you know, cocaine, you know, like... Seriously. I would crack. And then from the hood, Marcy Projects, at and then dropped his first album at 26 would be where he's at now. And life is all about evolution. And, you know, I love Jay-Z so much because he is that, that you know, one of those pillars that we can actually look at and be like, I want to reach that level. Um, and I love how he has his dreads on now. You know, look at my hair free, carefree. Niggas ain't nair free, you know, Jay-Z. Mm. Like, he, be, he he looks great. And so, he he's and he's not stopping, yo. He's not stopping. Um, no. And... It's also the luxurious, you know, he's going to that luxurious side, something that really black owned, you don't see that. And of course it's a partnership, but then he's going to build something else potentially that will then be his own house where he can put other people on. And so he's not even done yet, you know, and Jay-Z and the people like get flag to Jay-Z because, you know, he's working with the NFL and shit, but Jay-Z know, knows what he's doing. Um, and I'm going to look up to him always as a rapper and as an entrepreneur and as a mogul. Um, because Jay Z is that guy. Jay Z's like he's done it right. Um, I was listening to a Vlad interview uh, with Lil Bibby. Lil Bibby's like 24. He's the one who signed Juice World and he signed the Kid Leroy. And he doesn't rap anymore, but he like does business shit too. And he says like, "Yo, I'm I'm trying to get out of the streets um, because uh, I don't. I've done that already. Like I don't need to be in the streets anymore. But what I'm looking at is trying to be like Jay Z. And then Vlad just responds to him and is be like, "Well, you know, you're only 24." So Jay-Z hasn't even done what you've done at 24. He started at like 26. Yeah. And so that's just a shout out to, for everybody else. Because you could become Jay-Z. Like, and you might start before and you might start after. But it can happen. And everybody's on their own journey. You know, everybody is a is a bud in a pot that eventually will grow. Um, and it just may take some time, you know. Uh, same thing with, um, I have met an actor here named Sean. who's uh, He's on the morning show. And he's in, been in a few commercials as well. And he said it took it took him some time to, to be to get the auditions and then to be able to book. But now that he's on uh, the morning show, you know, an Apple TV show and, you know, working with Steve Carell, um, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, like he's out here booking stuff. And he told Tony, my roommate, who's an aspiring actor as well, like, yo, one day it's going to come and it's just your time will shine. And so everybody has their journey. You know, you are the main character of your story. Um Mm. And it, it can be done, yo. Shout out, shout out to fucking Jay Z, man. Like a true inspiration for me, at least. And I, that's because I'm from New York. I, and some people clown him for his music too, which but I love his music. You know, Four for Four is one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, and so shout out to Jay, man. An inspiration to us all. Jay, Jay, if you really know about it, Jay, if you really look at the pinnacle of hip hop and what he's been able to do, Jay stands at the center, and it's. Obviously, my goat is Kanye. That's me and Kevin's goat. But we know that Jay-Z is big brother, used to be Dame's and Big's brother, who is hip-hop's brother, who is no ID's friend. 
no ID, right, my man. So now let the story begin. Story <laughs> begin. But um, Jay, Kanye's no, but on his be- entrepreneurship too. You know, he has a billion dollar company, or like with Yeezy partnership with Adidas, he's making money too. Like he he is he looks up to Jay Z as well, and probably wants to be like him. You know, and uh, he's doing no, it as it's, well. it's the truth. And I think that's like it's the blueprint, right? And I think that if you if you think about it. Kanye probably had that 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 mindset from learning from Jay, you know, like hip hop is is it's gonna have a time, right? You're gonna have a shelf life. Realistically speaking, if you look at musically, you have a shelf life of how relevant you can be in um at the time that you start and you know, growing over time and how you change artistically. And I, I think about it is music is a huge gamble, right? You're gambling or in or vet investing hoping that the song that you put out is going to yield dividends but there's always that one-off chance that that song or that album is going to just be a complete dud and then it's going to be a waste of money right and if you start thinking about and not only for artists but people in general taking your money and investing it in the right places in the right space and also like you said it's all about timing right yes jay-z was 20 was when he first dropped his first song he was 26 going on 27 Jay-Z is 51 right now. He's a billionaire of, a, of his whole empire. He's a billionaire, simple. He has a whole empire that is not only servicing music, it's servicing marijuana, it's selling, servicing um, clothing, sports. apparel, it's servicing sports, it's servicing liquor, and his money is not only in, in one place. And any entrepreneur, and obviously this is the purpose of this show, we talk about entrepreneurship and business and mindset, any entrepreneur who only has their money tied up in one place is already setting themselves up for failure because as an entrepreneur, you should be looking to have your money in different places and in different spaces and investing in different things and different companies because you want your money and your dollar to have to go longer. Right. They say you got to have um six or seven ventures even the bible says and talks about entrepreneurship and telling you to not only have one stream of income but to have six and seven different streams of possible income and that mindset yo jay was able to do that and he's continuing to do that and anybody who sees that that's a blueprint that's a blueprint for me to imagine that a person from the marcy projects not only can become a rapper but he can outpass that mindset of a rapper when you look at jay-z you're not looking at just jay-z the rapper anymore he's a mogul you look at diddy you're not looking at diddy the rapper you're looking at a mogul you look at yay you're not looking at kanye the rapper like look at what they're doing on a business level look at opportunities they're creating jobs they're creating spaces that they're creating for other people to get on imagine how many people want to work for a yeezy want to work for uh rock nation want to work for um a bad boy you know what i mean like people whose dreams to work for these companies and to create be in those spaces and like look at what these people were able to do out of nothing right they had no backing they had no rich uncles or daddies or, or people to put them on but they took the game they learned it and they finessed it and they were able to create this it's a beautiful thing yo if you can think it it can happen and um it now can. is the time yo now is the time to work on your craft then because once this corona shit happens if you're in the entertainment industry or whatever it may be people are going to come you know they're going to want to support if you have great product and that's just the case to it um you build it they will come and so that's just something for no. people to think about you know you, if you're thinking what now what's next um think bigger 
something bigger than you ever imagined. There's all all these possibilities. Um, there are systems and things in place that are against you, but you rise above it. Don't care what politicians tell you. Don't care what anyone tells you. Don't t- let the world tell you no. The government tell you no. You can do it if you put your mind to it. Boom. Mic drop. Tell your friends. Mic drop. <laughs> tell your friends to tell your friends to tell a hoe. I've been real since the day my the doctor cut my umbilical. <laughs> mm. Spit it, yo. We gotta bring back the the, the freestyles instead in, of in a very it in the be- instead of having it in the beginning, just have it at the end. Large freestyle <laughs> at the end. <laughs> when I but come, ladies when I and come gentlemen, to New York, and we do a, a a live one together. We'll definitely a live show. We gonna do it freestyle. Oh yeah, it's crazy. We can't. I can't <laughs> wait, man. I can't wait. But um. Just some trends to watch, you know, there's always like, you know, investing, remember, make sure to invest, you know, Bitcoin is very volatile at the moment, but yo, if you remember that you don't got to buy a whole Bitcoin, even though it's worth $50,000, you could just buy a piece of it and then it'll go up and you could sell it and it'll go back down. Of course, I am not an economist or a uh, licensed broker, so you don't have to take my advice, but it seems like a way for people to make money. That's another way rich people stay rich, investing their money and making have your money make money for you um and so you know just always have your research for that and you know there's other avenues for you to be rich even if you're just making you know it's hard because we don't have a lot of disposable income most of the time a lot of people be living paycheck to paycheck and you'd be like i don't have time to invest but even if it's like five dollars something it's possible yeah i think it's definitely possible and i think for me you know looking at where we are in a coronavirus situation in the, in the pandemic, a lot more people have found themselves like DIY trading and learning how to do stocks because you're seeing people make money, right? A lot of people make money as, as crazy as the, the pandemic has been, the stock market has been moving. It's been fluctuating very crazily and people have been making money. Stock brokers have been making money. Investors have been making money off of things and they've also been shorting things too, right? That's why we saw the GameStop situation and um, the AMC situation. So, you know, don't, I, I think what that situation has taught us is that don't be the last person in the party, right? You never want to be the person that shows up late to the party because you might miss everything that goes on, right? You want to be early get some invest that money like kevin said five dollars ten dollars you never know like that five dollar fractional share in a bitcoin or in a tesla or in an apple might yield a dividend and you might see your money go longer and of course it's a gamble and we ain't telling you what to do but to be open and mindful because you know you never know it's always good to have money in stocks it's a good savings plan you know for your future for your kids it's it's it's, it's, it's a good move you know Ladies and gentlemen, show, it's been show, another absolutely. great episode of Mogul Talk. <laughs> I am your boy, King Jules, and I'm so happy to be here. You can follow me on social at I am King Jules, and you can follow my guy, Church, at. You can follow me at Note Church in the City um, on IG, and you can see my sexy self. I actually, funny story where we close off, I was at the Colombian restaurant yesterday, and. Uh, this Colombian girl started talking to me and I was just talking to her in Spanish and then she had a uh, a um, keychain, key necklace that said, I love Jesus, which it, of course I fuck with, I love, I love Jesus too. And then and she's like, yo, you got Instagram? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, it's no church in the city. And then she's like, no church? I was, she's like, I love, and she's like a, a OD Bible head. 
She thought that was kind of weird. I just found it funny. But she still followed me. She's like, no church? You don't like church? And I was like, nah, nah, nah. Like, no, it, it's just my you name. had a different context of like, <laughs> don't even worry no church this. in a wild, like no church in the city. Like, it's, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. We get it. I wasn't sure if she'd understand it, but I guess I could have explained yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Most people realize that in a wild a no reference, yeah. In the, in the wild reference, most people. But I can understand. I can understand. But it was just funny to me. You like, you know, me trying to speak game, and then that one thing, like, oh, no church. Oh, you don't like church? Even though I went to church my whole life, like, but it's no. just funny. But yeah, yeah, that's just a little story. During no, my, my that's funny. Day. I'm happy you're getting yourself out there and you, you're <laughs> you enjoying LA. Like, yo, if you can see for our fans that are on YouTube, look at Kevin, man. This guy is glowing. He's happy. That sunshine in LA is doing him good. I'm over here struggling. This is like our yeah. fifth snowstorm in like three weeks. I'm tired. Look at me. I got a great look at my facial hair. I look like I got, got a, a puppy. puppy. You know, life is good for you over there, bro. Nah, you look good. You you still have the dye on your hair? Because I'm thinking about cutting my my hair soon, and then I might go electric, electric blue. Electric blue? All right, I can't wait to like see that. that. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then if it's whack, I'll just cut it off again. But yeah, thank you guys for always listening. Uh, you know, tune in. We got an interview coming up after this, and so we hope you check that out too. Yeah, and, yeah. Until vibe. next time, a lot of love, a lot of peace, and a joy to you all. See y'all later. Peace. Follow us on Instagram at Mogul Talk Podcast and on Twitter at Mogul Talk Pod. Be sure to find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, or Stitcher. Look us up in your search tab by typing in Mogul Talk. Thanks to our friends over at Anchor.fm, we're not able to accept listener support. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, head to our website at anchor.fm slash mogultalkpodcast and hit the Become a Supporter tab. From there, you can support the podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes as low as a dollar per month. We thank you and appreciate you in advance. Until next time, stay focused, stay motivated, and stay woke.